0: Do you think that, based on your experience, when a company implements innovation, how do they do it and do they do it in the right way? And is there anything that people usually miss when they implement innovation?
1: I think it's unfair to everyone out there that's trying to improve their business, to to, to overgeneralize this. I'm trying not to say yes or no to this question. In principle, there is a phenomenon in construction that makes innovation a bit more difficult as a a discipline because we don't have what in sports is called muscle memory. So what do Mm. I mean with that? In construction, we don't have the legacy of R&D, into innovation, into incubation, and then adopting it into our core business. We don't have that legacy in the industry. On the other hand, innovation is happening on construction sites all the time, whether you call it innovation or not. Right? Just imagine there is these large tunnel projects or complex bridges. Like Engineers have Always been trying to figure out solutions for complex problems. So it's 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 not a yes and no answer.
0: Hello everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bricks and Bytes Podcast, your go-to for all things construction and property technology. On today's show, we have Christoph Betts. Christoph is an independent innovation advisor and researcher. In this episode, we discussed what innovation really means and how companies go about it. Collaboration as the key to effective teams, how understanding of social science can improve your innovation department, and many more. If you're enjoying our podcast, please check us out on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you enjoyed, please leave us a review. This helps us to get more amazing guests to give you guys the best and most informative content on technology in the built world. And shout out to our sponsor, Beta. If you want to connect with some of the biggest players in the construction tech world, including Tier 1 building Contractors, some of the biggest construction tech companies, investors and advisors, check them out by visiting wwwthe and this is wwwthe
2: You are listening to Bricks and Bytes Podcast where we take you on a journey in construction, technology, and business. All right, let's get this episode started.
0: So tell us briefly, how did you get involved in the construction?
1: Thank you for having me, Martin, Owen. Yeah, well, for me, it is a bit of an unusual story. You no, know? I'm, I'm a trained social scientist, and I really focused on innovation ever since my undergraduate degree. And so innovation became like a passion for me really, really early on. And then after grad school, I spent a year in academia. I did a industry project on innovation, open innovation in in the German SME markets. And after that, I was hired to the Ochtif Group in Germany. And you're probably familiar, Ochtif Group is a large GC in North America, in Western Europe and in APAC. And um, yeah, out of that situation, I very quickly joined the team of the chief innovation officer,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that was basically for me the the setup. Did you pick the construction, or did you?
0: It just happened that the the business that you were employed in it was construction business.
1: Yeah, Funny that you ask. I actually, before my degree that I finished, I started an engineering degree because so I kind of had this idea of working in the built environment. But at that time, I, maybe I wasn't really ready to to become an engineer. It was an interesting year, but like physics and chemistry at that point was not my thing. So I, I dropped that course and switched majors. Uh, so uh, it, I guess it worked out in the end.
2: So stupid question. So social sci- by social science, could you just explain briefly what that is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's a it's an umbrella term, and under that term, you can find very, very different disciplines. So it includes what you probably will see as social science, like uh, psychology, yeah. sociology, anthropology. Oh, that's a difficult word. Then, But also management science is under that. Economics is under that umbrella. So it's a, it's a wide range of disciplines that belong to social science, which basically deals with what happens in society and the elements within society. Okay.
2: So like human
1: nature as well? Yeah, but, but not the biological part, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It the
0: cultural. Okay. So how is social science embraced in
1: construction and construction tech? To be honest, my opinion, obviously, is it's everywhere, right? Because construction is about people. So our organizations are made up of people, our collaboration is a social interaction. The, the very core of what makes construction companies great is their expertise, their knowledge, their ability to organize. These are all social practices. And um, so there are social elements in all of that, what we do in, in the industry, whether we are aware or not.
2: This is like part, part of my thinking recently is why I don't think, you know, obviously there's that, question at the moment like will ai replace roles within construction i think as long as humans are involved like you say it's a social um it's a social aspect to it then that just simply can't happen because people want to deal with people
1: that's a big topic um and i don't claim to have an answer to that at all right it's uh, it's very difficult i think ai will play a role i think we all agree on that but um i also believe it's not about some AI is taking someone's job away, right? Maybe some roles and some jobs will transform, but we, we actually have the complete opposite of the problem. We don't have enough people in construction. And when you look into the future, I just recently came across some uh, some figures from the United States. The, the It's really interesting how the workforce in construction is transforming over time. It actually got older over the last 20 years. So we apparently, we don't we really have a bad pipeline of mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. people getting into construction. That's right. So I, I really think it's, it's more, more important to figure out how do we get more people into construction long-term. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Okay,
2: so back to the story and how you got involved with innovation. What's your definition of innovation? And the reason I ask is because there are varying definitions out there. And I've read books and listened to podcasts and people say, this is my thoughts. I can't remember any of them, to be honest. This is my thoughts. This is their thoughts, blah, blah, blah. So it'd be interesting, Christoph, to hear hear what you think. And if you can spin that to relate to construction, bonus points.
1: It is difficult because there is no universal answer to that. And so your experience, I totally relate to that. And then you can open any innovation book and you will find a different definition for that. And that's okay, right? Um, because we don't need an exact universal definition for that. I think every company, every group, uh, they they can decide for themselves how they define innovation. I actually believe it's important to do that because, A, then you really get into what you want to achieve with that and you define what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, and everybody's on the same page. But to, to your answers, let me start with my personal journey again. So I joined the HOTIF group. And I, I got onto the team of the chief innovation officer, who is a very visionary person, who came from the architecture world. And and he, start, he said in my first meeting with him, he said, "Hey, Chris, can you code? I don't. <laughs> Why?" And and that was an interesting start of a really really good relationship with him. And. What we did over the, the upcoming, over the last five to six years, was build a unit inside the Hochtief Group around digital innovation. And for me, coming outside into that industry, I had to learn a lot. So I had to pick up, because I never went to a construction site before, right? So I I didn't speak the language. I had zero social credibility with the people on site or in headquarters. So I had to figure out how, what, what like... How construction works and what the pain points really are. What drives people mad yep. to have an anchor to talk about innovation. So in this unit, we, we, we build digital products for the construction companies of the Hochschief Group. And then started also bringing them to market. And during that journey, I kind of came up with this this idea that in the end of the day, especially for construction, innovation is the activity of generating new value for users. So generating new value. Why do I highlight it like that? Innovation to me is not buying a software from a vendor on the market. Yes, it is a change. And yes, it is something new. But are you really generating a new type of value for your project or your company And so this is kind of the distinction that 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 i observed over time but when when you look at it from a a more a conceptual answer so it's for me it's about generating new value for the users and it usually comes in kind of a sequence uh, of ideation incubation and then some form of adoption or commercialization so while it sounds easy these three phases there is really a lot that goes into that and like strategy, organization. Do you have the right people? What are the processes that we're looking at? What's the execution going to look like? And so on. It's a really a multidimensional field and, and it's, it has very specific challenges in construction.
0: Okay. Well, do you think that based on your experience, uh, when the when a company implements innovation. How do they do it? And uh, do they do it in the right way? And is there anything that people usually miss when they implement innovation?
1: I think it's unfair to everyone out there that's trying to improve their business to to, to overgeneralize this. So I, I'm trying not to say yes or no to this question. In principle, and, and we can discuss this if, if you want to. There is a phenomenon in construction that makes innovation a bit more difficult to as a as a discipline because we don't have what in sports is called muscle memory. So what do mm-hmm. I mean with that? In construction, we don't have the legacy of R and D into innovation, into incubation, and then adopting it into our core business. We don't have that legacy in the industry. On the other hand, innovation is happening on construction sites all the time, whether you call it innovation or not. Right? Just imagine there is these large tunnel projects or complex bridges. Like Engineers have always been trying to figure out solutions for complex problems. So it's, it's, it's not a yes and no answer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends at, at, at what, at what side, cause yeah, this is an interesting dynamic. We always think, and this is a bias, I guess I've developed anyway, for doing this podcast that when you speak about innovation, you're talking about like cutting edge, yeah. digital tech, should we say? Uh, yeah. But we're not actually really yeah. thinking about the real smart people that are mm-hmm. like, designing yeah underground tunnels or crazy bridges yeah so to like generalize like you say is a very 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 good argument i like it a lot
0: and it's a very broad range of things probably from innovating from stock of papers to pdfs yeah from human laying bricks to robot laying bricks so the spectrum is gigantic
2: vast yeah okay uh what does Innovation, if we're not painting it like a broad brush, say, do you have any general thoughts on innovation in construction? And I can give you some pointers in that, you know, we're slow to adopt. People are happy and stuck in their ways of doing things. I'm interested, Christoph, to hear if you have any opinion on that. I
1: have, obviously, I have a ton of opinion on that. That's literally what I do most of my time. In general, innovation in construction, it can be many things like we just started to discuss. It can be a new process, it can be a new digital product, it can be a completely new business model, but it can be a new construction method. And the, the challenge that the industry has right now that I'm observing is how do you pick and choose, right? And it's really tough to find something that really moves the needle. I agree. It's, uh, I'm really happy right now about what happened during the last five years. So there's a lot of new stuff coming up. And you guys know this way better than I do because you're in the weeds. It It's a very positive effect of what's happening right now. But I'm a little bit afraid that we're, when you think about hype cycles, mm-hmm. we're coming into a phase where on some point your CFO will come to you and ask you, Hey, Chris. So now we did this innovation program for three years. Where's my return? What is my ROI? Yeah. It's really hard to answer. Mm. And um, so I think there will be a, a phase of consolidation around innovation. And there will be, especially with the macro uh, environment that, that we're going into right now in this industry, there will be maybe a more focused approach. Maybe we, we stop doing everything in parallel. Maybe we be more strategic about it, which I'm all for. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it can be many things and it really it can be many things for different companies. Just imagine it's it's so hard to say this is the construction industry and this is the innovation that all of the different organizations in any markets would need. So this is why I'm always a bit surprised when startups or investors claim that whatever product disrupts the industry or transforms the industry. Right? Show me. Who, who do you disrupt? Like, how? Why? It's the, the market is very fragmented. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of specialized companies, large, medium and small, and, and they do different things. Things are done differently in any country. Mm-hmm. Regulations are different. So it's it's really, it really comes down what you as an individual organization define as innovation for you and how do you connect it to your strategy?
0: Yeah, so you said something very interesting that I resonate with quite a lot, which is like, it's it's difficult to see a game changer, broadly speaking, whatever it is. To me, a, a game changer would be, for example, a different material that can be used to build buildings cheaper or faster or whatever one wants. That all, everything around revolves, sorry sorry, everything revolves around better software or just kind of add-ons. it's not there's no, yeah. no nothing burger kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and add, adds more complexity to an already complex industry, right?
1: what's what's your observation on that Owen since since you also are involved in the tech community, and and you have your construction past. How do you, like, how do you observe this?
2: Well, observe adoption of new technology, very slow and mm. difficult. Like the biggest gripe I find is the, is adding to existing workflows. Like, so someone is very familiar with using a piece of technology. Let's just say Excel spreadsheets, because that's like, that's what the industry uses, right? And then you need to tell you need to say to this person, OK, we're moving from Excel spreadsheets to an integrated platform on the Internet, which they 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 like, OK, sounds great. But then that means that that person now has to go through training to be able to use that. And when they want to do something fast, that doesn't happen fast. They need to, like, use this extra cognitive load to be able to uh, go into this new platform, learn how to use it spend an extra 20 minutes on a task that takes them usually five minutes to work out how to do it and get frustrated and then half the time you know that the frustrations are the person doesn't necessarily have the training in order to 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 do it quickly um they're under pressure from their their seniors because their project's not making money or they're spending more time on like learning something that is a simple excel spreadsheet start task now in this platform they have to log in and then there's an extra few clicks that it normally takes so mm-hmm. what i think you really need to do is take away from people's cognitive load and workflow not add to it and you feel and it's like a cliche example right but mm-hmm. the most successful companies like uber and that kind of thing like you are taking the steps from 10 to work into like one or two that's where construction needs to be targeting i'm not saying it's possible but just the way yeah. you should
0: think it's it's quite interesting actually what you said uh, sorry Christoph, before for you jump in because maybe in the last five seven years we've been in this period of, of development or improving these little things, little software. Uh, and maybe now in this time of when the AI can really change the landscape quite significantly, rather than humans have to learn how to use the software and navigate through the software. Maybe the AI part can take care of it. So the human just deals with the output of, of this work done by the, by the
1: software. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that is a, a really intriguing picture for the future, but, but for the sake of the argument, like it's not my position, but, uh, going back to what Owen said of taking away, maybe repetitive work and not overloading the cognitive capacity of people. So now. That is a project-specific position. You, You put yourself in a position of a project executive. So let's put Martin into the position of a company's president. He not only runs one project, he has 10 projects. So Martin potentially would be more interested in making sure that every discipline on every project does data entry in the same software in the same way. Even if it means it's an additional workload, it takes a couple more seconds. This is what we also have to consider. And this is potentially also one of these barriers of why adoption is maybe there, but the value generation, how it consolidates upwards in the organization towards the profit margin is potentially not really there yet. Mm -hmm. Because you not only want to do innovation within one project, you have to deal with the outcomes, the results of that. And sometimes that means that that you cannot, what we are really used to in thinking in projects, in silos, yeah. and, and just manage a portfolio of projects. But maybe we, we need to really think across projects and implement that data culture to really uh, generate more benefit from that.
2: Yeah, yeah there's, there's there's benefits, and then there's obviously monetary benefits, but there's also other benefits, but I, can't, I couldn't give you a label of what they might be, but no, like, 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 like... efficiencies, say, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and like uh, Christoph said, it's uh, to, to getting the data to the same standard, same level all across the product so they can talk to each other. And based on that, the project director or the company director can make some co- conclusions out of the data that are put into into the spreads, yeah yeah and then make conclusions out if of
2: you're it. not just telling them what they want to hear right yeah because yeah. that's that's another thing and maybe we're moving into social science christoph because people yeah. don't want to upset people above them and they just say yeah yeah it's all good and then you realize actually this is a pile of shit. yeah, yeah. Oh.
1: project pr- project everything's on green just green check marks exactly yeah we're all green yeah, yeah. that's it that's it no, but like it, mm. we can we can touch on this later but what, what you guys are just describing is an interesting shift that i see and so right in the past we, we we worked a lot in data silos and but I I observed there's a certain shift technology driven shift that where, where I really see that we're moving towards a, a new model in the future but I wanted to 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 follow up on on something that I said earlier so I don't want to just be here and, and criticize how difficult everything is right so like I said innovation has always happened on site and and but now The whole digital is a new dimension and I think it's a shift in this industry. And because it requires a completely new set of, let's say, organizational capabilities, the industry takes a little longer to make this work because we never had these type of capabilities. But we're getting there. And this is the message I'm trying to send. We're getting there. There's a lot of uh, progress and um, yeah, I see a lot of positive signs.
0: We were talking about it yesterday, actually, because we are recording podcast yesterday as well. And I think that the reason for that is demographics. So slowly we are replacing the the older demographics in the construction with the younger demographics. And these people are more clued up with technology. And that's why this adoption can be seen as progressing
1: more and
2: more. I think Christoph might have a different opinion because earlier you said that we're getting older as an industry.
1: Yeah, also I have a couple of other data points um, on on that. So I I think in principle with that phenomenon Mm -hmm. in general, I think I would agree It's just, but it's not about this specific generation that is now in, in, in the later part of their career, or this specific generation of millennials that are getting into the industry. I think it's a general social conflict in it, between generations. Hmm. And so it's from a social science perspective, this is not a completely mind blowing conflict or transformational phase. It's it, it, for me, it's not surprising. It's a very, very expected conversation between generations. However, And this is another data point. I have seen the biggest promoters of digital innovation actually in the most experienced construction professionals. Mm. So this group of highly specialized career engineers that build everything you can imagine. In my personal experience, they are very often big supporters of fundamental change. And why? Because they have suffered decades through really painful work.
0: Yes. No, I completely agree with that because the younger generations, they don't need to because they are very pretty much inclined with the tech. So they under these, uh, high tech, high specialized guys, they, they probably understand the benefits of, of technology and they try to persuade other peers within their age group to to adapt to it. That, that's how I would how I would see it.
2: Yeah, cool. Okay, let's go on to some more uh, positive stuff. Let's say he wants to embark on an innovation project or even start, you know, dabbling, putting, that seems to be my new word recent. dabbling, or wants to start uh, dabbling in innovation. How do they go about doing it? Is there a playbook or what? What, what can we do, Crystal?
1: How much time do we have? I like
2: thirty seconds.
1: Okay, that's a challenge.
2: People want quick. right? Okay, Remember, so, this has so, to fit
1: into a YouTube okay. short. All right. So the answer to how do you start going in innovation is doing something. Start doing something, anything, because at the end of the day, don't not doing something is not an option anymore. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the bit. Nice. So on a bit longer answer, from my position, my personal opinion is the first question should be, why do you want to start with innovation? Why? I When I work with executives and, and they have like a rough idea, like you just described, Okay, like, we want to do something with innovation is, I ask them why, and I get weird looks, like, what, why this question? What is the competitive strategy that your innovation approach approach should relate to? So if you are starting an innovation program or team or project, it's really important to understand why you're doing that and how this effort and effort equals money, how this links to making your business more competitive. right? So the first question is, why are you doing this? What is your str- your business strategy? How does innovation fit into that? Because it's an investment, it should have a purpose. So if you know why you want to innovate and very few actually do, then you can figure out like the specifics. So are we going to be a pioneer or are we going to be followers very important question because it's really dependent on your risk profile do we try close a performance gap or do we want to benefit from an opportunity gap now let me quickly uh, dive into that so a performance gap so this is not my framework uh, it's, it's from michael tushman the performance gap is when you see that in the marketplace other players are able to perform better through some form of an arrangement of their capabilities, technologies, resources, but you're lacking certain elements. So you're consistently being outperformed by your peer group. So now you realize, oh, this, this company is out-competing me all the time. I need to change something in order to keep up, right? And on the other hand, an opportunity gap is, okay, I see now I'm very good at what I'm doing. I see certain approach, for example, through innovation, and I apply, let's say, a new technology, That gives me an edge, and I can apply this uh, maybe as a first mover, as a pioneer, and then for a certain amount of time, because an innovation advantage is usually temporary, you can then really benefit from that and, and, and be be a leader in the marketplace. So so th- this is also a very important question. And then another leading question that, that's always important is how do you define success, right? So do you define success as um, on an operational level? Like, do you have like project-based KPIs of how much time you wanna save your people? Mm-hmm. Or do you have more like organizational strategic level goals that you link your success to saying, we wanna be received as the innovation leader uh, in the global construction industry and so forth. So, and this leads you to the how, right? Answering these couple of questions leads you to the how and how you actually set it up. So, how you want to set up your activities, how you want to commit resources. And, and, but unfortunately, often companies set up these innovation teams with very unclear missions. And these teams end up spending more energy, basically, on justifying their existence than actually supporting the company in achieving their goals. Yeah, that sounds good. So how about the collaboration? Is it a
0: part of the innovation success within the organization?
1: I'm not sure I understand the question.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so for, to achieve, well, to achieve, to, uh, to create innovation and, and to success within this innovation department, let's call it, people need to collaborate. And obviously there are younger people and older people usually. And is collaboration important to, to achieve the success
1: of innovation and innovating? Yes, absolutely. Collaboration is the key element of making innovation work. Why? Because innovation never happens in isolation. So what do I mean by that? It means the collaboration has to go within the innovation team. It has to go beyond that team to the finance team. It has to go to the project team. It has to link to the executive team. It has to link to the quality and the risk department. But then, not also, you're not isolated within your organization. You also want to go beyond your company boundaries because you operate in a business ecosystem. Right? So you have to innovate together with your partners, your subcontractors, your suppliers. Because if you're the only one driving a Porsche and everybody is sitting around on a Nissan, <laughs> then nothing's, you're not yeah, going any faster. Yeah,
2: Christopher, I, I, I want to touch back with just. Back to your previous answer about uh, like innovation is almost a department so you have your uh i suppose it is a department so you have your like high level vision your business goals and then every other department sets their goals based on that and innovation just being one of those departments like marketing sales operations in order to feed the bigger objectives like you say increase revenue increase operational efficiency whatever it might be so getting your vision right is a good place to start by the sounds of things
1: so, so i'm not sure i, I get the, the question in there so no, I, I I'm agree. just making it's...
2: a statement, really, to okay. add. And if you had anything else to add, then please do. But if not, we can go on to
1: something else. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you're spot on. It's it's innovation in construction. Again, this goes back to what I said earlier. We don't have the legacy. But it's we're getting there. And slowly, we see more innovation people in construction companies. Not so much in Europe. In the U.S., it's a little bit different. So in the U.S., there are a couple of chief innovation officers, actually. And mm. most of the lo- the very large corporates, we see that. But in the SME world in Europe, we don't see that as much. But we see more and more innovation managers, more innovation teams. So it's a good sign we're getting there. But it finally becomes a career. It, it wasn't like that five years ago when I started. Like I tried to get into construction as an innovation manager. It was really, really tough because these positions didn't exist. So, but this is changing right now. Uh, there are a lot of things going on, and I'm, I'm really happy to see that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Christoph, you are
0: based in Germany, right? Yes, I am, yeah. Yes. And so how do you see innovation uh, happening in Europe or Germany on uh, with the background or places like US, UK, Middle East?
1: Yeah. So I, I cannot speak on the Middle East. But in, in general, about Germany and Europe, I think we're doing good. Like we, we, it's, we're on a really, really good path. We're here in Europe. We are kind of systematic about tech implementation, I guess. Maybe. I think Germans are leading the way in Europe. Well, there are different opinions about that. Yeah, like it, it, it really depends on what topic you want to discuss. Like if you want to discuss BIM, there are other countries out there that are leading, like like the UK, I think.
2: We don't um, want to discuss BIM.
1: Yeah. So, so, But in general, maybe Germany or in, in Europe, for that matter, is a bit conservative. But in general, my opinion is that a lot of the larger and the SME firms are doing great things, period. It's It's happening. We're making progress. So that's a good sign. However, I like, see how much impact we get from that. And this is what I see in Europe. What do I mean by that? I sometimes feel that companies get nervous around the topic of innovation and then they behave like an octopus on rollerblades. Um, octopus on rollerblades. My head is going crazy right now. How does it look? Literally, like <laughs> imagine you had an octopus with oh, yeah. legs, that- and you put rollerblades on that. Uh-huh. So, and, and what in, in the business terms, that means... These companies doing a lot and potentially uncoordinated and doing a lot of different things at the same time does not automatically mean that you're all of a sudden super innovative and double the profit margin uh, overnight. That's not going to work. So. I hope, and this relates to what I said earlier, I, I really hope that we're now getting into a more mature approach towards innovation where we derive our innovation strategies from our competitive strategies. And we don't do everything at the same time. We don't have to do the full portfolio from working with startups, collaborating with universities, doing corporate investing doing whatever is out there in in, in different tactics you could do, I think it's important to figure out how you do that strategically and connect it to what you're trying to do as a company. Yeah,
2: yeah, I definitely. I'm getting the message here. It comes from the the strategy and then it filters down from there. What areas of construction would you say are in need of innovation? I'm doing inverted, for people that are listening, I'm doing inverted uh, commas with my hands, like innovation being a kind of a term. And do you have perhaps any examples of any cool innovation projects you could share with us that may tackle these issues?
1: It's tough to answer because there's just so much. Right? I, I, it's would be unfair to single out certain things. It's, it, it's, I think it's unfair. What, one thing I think is, is also a society discussion is we still see a lot of demand for affordable residential work, right? But I also see a lot of potential for innovation adoption in infrastructure i think infrastructure work is highly attractive for innovation because some of the the, the work uh, especially like highway construction bridge construction can be a bit more linear or repeatable and so when we talk for example about modules and modularized bridges this is already happening we when we talk about autonomous vehicles and that's a bit down the road but I, I i see robotics happening first in an effective manner on the road construction then in a high-rise building mm, yeah
0: okay robotics first on the roads and then on in the high-rise buildings
1: yeah it's i, I think the, the, the challenge with the building construction sites are are just a bit different there are so for example what we what we tried we did one agree, of these, yeah, we, we, we used one of these these robot dogs, put them on a side. and and even actually before going on site, we tested them off site and we found that yes, great movement, great navigation, at least to, to what's happening today. And great for Instagram. But, but the yes, oh, that's oh. a completely different topic in terms of purpose on innovation, the marketing part. That's an interesting. But yeah, it, it is and and I'm not against it. Like there are legit large GCs, global leaders that basically do innovation from a headquarter perspective for innovation purposes. And I'm a hundred percent fine with that. I'm a hundred percent fine with that. It serves a purpose. It, it, it pictures you, it helps you to be recognized as an innovation leader. It helps your client conversation. It helps to have the conversation with your shareholders. So I'm all for it, but, but back to the topic with the robot doc. So, um, so we tested it offside, and then all of a sudden we realized, Oh, The robot has a really good LIDAR system and knows its way around the construction site, but it cannot differentiate between a wet and a fully hardened concrete floor. What <laughs> happens next? Insert, so, and you don't want to run right a 100K robot into a wet concrete floor, right? <laughs> it's very practical things that you need to figure out. It will out stay there. Point. Yeah, I like that.
2: Yeah. Great
1: story.
0: And obviously the small sites are very messy and not always structured as a highway. There when there is lanes and everyone knows what they should be doing rather than on the small sites. It's it's way, way more difficult, here. Yeah?
2: Mm. I think we should, Christoph, Conscious of time, so we should ask you one more question before we go to off-topic fun stuff. And you, I know you said you did not want to put your name to any question like this, but mm-hmm. if you had a bold prediction for the future, no one's going to hold you to it. It can be as wild or as tame as you like. Where do you see the next five to ten years of construction? Yeah,
1: I think, again, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do believe that things are changing, right? We all agree on that. I see a couple of shifts in the built environment environment happening. The first is there's a transformation of the value chain. So, for example, some data points, I see more and more real estate developers transforming their business model so that they can do GC work on the back of technology. So that is potentially disruptive to GC work.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Another interesting move is, for example, talking about value chains, there are a lot of GCs thinking about how their business model translates into the future. And here's the interesting part, like what type of a GC are you? Are you a, a German GC that has a lot of self-performed deep value chain, their own trades, or are you a, what's a US-based construction management type of a GC That that is more high level, and there are some business models that that basically could potentially completely go digital. Why not?
2: You say a good point. Business model innovation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting.
1: That's the thing about the value chain. So I see there there will be changes, and some players will be need to reinvent themselves in order to be to remain relevant. I I also think on the back of digital innovation and more data-driven cultures in the companies, we we will have kind of a re-emergence of vertical integration. When you look into the some of the really successful niche companies, for example, Goldbeck in Germany, they are a highly integrated, very digital system builder. They have their niches and they are world-class in that. And they are financially super successful. So this idea of being like an industrialized company with a digital core. This enables you to really leverage more vertical elements of the value chain, but in the past, basically, the construction companies try to stay away of that and manage that on a contractual, on a transactional basis, right? And still, honestly, talking to executives over the last couple of months, it's a 50-50 split. Some say, 10 years from now, we're going to build the same way no major changes and then there are others say well we're going to be a tech company Oof. and then there's another one saying well we're gonna we're gonna change our operating model because we're gonna do more in terms of the value chain we integrate more vertically and we're gonna step away from that low asset type of a business model into a heavy asset type of middle uh, model we're buying machinery again We're hiring people. We have our own tracks. So what does it tell me? It tells me that there is no consensus at all about the transformation in the future. Yeah, that's that's interesting.
0: interesting. Love that. So
1: then let's go back to the the other shifts that I see to to finish that off. I see, and that is also no surprise to you, there is a shift in the supply of resources. So Hmm. the the supply of people and materials in a, let's say, post-abundance area. I think right now we're looking... We're all looking for ideas and answers there, but like we don't have enough people, material prices are through the roof. It's There's so much work to be done and, and we just don't know how to cope with it. So this is a, this is a major shift and supply chains are already disrupted. And, and the third major shift that I see is, and that's really a deeply innovation topic, I see a transformation of the digital layer. And this new digital layer that is, kind of emerging, it will enable deep construction data. So right now, or let's say the last five years, everybody talked about big data. Apparently, big data isn't like that really helpful, especially in construction. It's not that big. Yes, A is not that big, and you need so much skill to, and and so much effort to get something out of that. So luckily, the software world already understood that, and, and we're now transitioning towards that, that deep data area where you really have actionable data, high quality data that really lets you make decisions. So in the past, for example, so let, let, let me break that down. In the past, we, we had silos of data. Right now we're transitioning, and I mean large companies, small companies, we're transitioning into a world of system of record, still within the defined boundaries of, let's say, a software company, there are some big players out there that are doing a lot in keeping their data within their boundaries. On some point, um, we will transition very soon. It's already happening through APIs and stuff into an ecosystem of records. So all of a sudden, it's not just my data on my project in my company, but all of a sudden, we are really talking about data ecosystem that goes across the whole project my whole business ecosystem and it's much more efficient decisions can be made so much so much easier and then on some point when the data quality is high enough we will we will there's i think there will be a new era of database decisions and then we get into what i call the ecosystem of action because on a on a deep level data itself does not change the game it's a means to an end What we want is to enable better decision making and better actions. So the moment we don't hustle so much in getting towards high quality data and high quality data is just there, we then have a completely new era of really actionable decision making that that, that really could really redefine the way these construction professionals work. So and this leads uh, to to eventually to to an emergence of what I call the, the bionic construction organization, where I really see humans and machines working efficiently side by side. So long, we, a, along the AI. Well, yeah, yes and no, right? So it's the I think down the road it really and it will not be this black and white discussion of am I a human yeah. that does the decision or is it. An AI that does the decision. Like a couple of years from now, this topic, this very populistic discussion, it's not gonna happen anymore. Right? So mm-hmm. the, when we're in a stage where we have all high quality data, and it's not about who has the the one true source of this data, but it's it's only about what you're gonna do with the data or actually your 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 digital layer suggests what you should do and it's like it's a completely different way of collaborating and it's it's not a question of machine versus human beings one or the other is you you want to have all the machines around you because it makes you so much better at the things that humans are just vastly superior than machines completely agree
0: okay Uh, guys uh, let's move on to one quick off-topic question and i have one unless uh owen you have one
2: Nope, I know what
1: your question is going to be.
0: Okay, let's go for it. Uh, so, Christoph, what is a social science book uh, recommendation from you?
1: Okay, so the the easiest answer is uh, my all-time favorite. It's, it's a very popular, popular one. It's called uh, The Innovator's Dilemma by Clay Christensen. I like it a lot because it touches a lot of aspects, including economics, strategy, organization, people. So a lot of subcategories. And it's at the very core... Uh, and it's honestly, unfortunately, a very misunderstood topic mm. in the innovation community. Nice, but okay. um, I assume you look for something different. So um, I'm actually I'm answering your call there for more hardcore social science. So there is mm-hmm. there is an interesting classic of the field of sociology by a former professor called. Uh, and the book is from 1999 it's called epistemic cultures epistemic, how, cultures epistemic cultures and how science makes knowledge sounds super interesting and what she did in her career and in that work specifically she empirically dissects how knowledge is produced in different natural science disciplines such as nuclear physics or microbiology. And, and the, the interesting part is, and she comes from a school of thought, that the, the, the hard sciences are also somehow linked to the social framework that the people are in, and hence the results of the, what we perceive as the hard core sciences, the exact sciences, are also kind of dependent on the social setup that these results are produced and it's fascinating and but the book I think the book is still available through the Harvard University Press check it
2: okay Christoph thanks for sharing your insights on innovation with us where can people find out more about you and your work
1: yeah absolutely I think the easiest way would be through LinkedIn I'm, I'm pretty active there I launched a, kind of a consultant uh, consultancy service last year I started to advise construction firms and executives in the built environment on how to deal with topics around innovation. I'm pretty much active there. Reach out to me. You can find me as Christoph Beats. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to to discuss these topics there or offline. Awesome. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Bricks and Bytes podcast. If you are enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really
1: appreciate it. And we'll catch you in the next episode.